to Eternal Love of Spirit podcast with me, Laura Rubio. Stay tuned to learn all about the afterlife, mediumship and different types of healing modalities. You will meet some of today's finest mediums and healers who are leaving the world a little better with their contributions to the field of intuitive arts. I extend you a warm welcome and I thank you for being here. Today we welcome Reverend Laurie Sheridan. Laurie is a psychic medium and a spiritual teacher of 20 years. Hi Laurie, how are you? Hi Laura, I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. I'm so thrilled that you're with us. And I just want to um, tell our listeners a little bit about you. So Laurie offers private sessions and she also does public demonstrations of mediumship. I have personally seen Laurie work and she works with complete integrity and compassion while bringing through accurate and evidential messages from spirit that are very uplifting. She's a very heart-centered medium. Ah, thank you. You're welcome. Laurie established her own spiritual center in 2012 called Hope Ethereal. It is a center for spiritual, psychic, and mediumship development and is located in Norwell, Massachusetts. So, Laurie, let's get started. Would you like to begin telling our listeners a little bit about Laurie when she was a child and a little bit about your background and where you grew up and your family? Absolutely. So, um, I actually grew up in a small town in Oregon on the West Coast. Yes, nobody really knows that. I did not know that. I know. Yeah, no, it actually was a really small town um, south of Eugene, if anyone knows their geography. Anyways, very rural, um, a lumberjacking community. And Mm -hmm. um, that's where I grew up. It was less than 20,000 people. Um, But uh, just really, I actually am very fortunate. I have a very loving family. My father and mother, my grandmother were really instrumental in my upbringing um, there. And um, yeah, I mean, I think as a child, very shy, um, very uh, maybe awkward even, you know, and definitely found myself really more observing, I think, um, I because it was such a nature-based community, you know, I did get to do a lot of walking and spending a lot of time in nature. Um, and I think, you know, on those kind of walks, just that sense that maybe you weren't always walking by yourself, that type of thing. Um, and some of my youngest memories, really just seeing um, perhaps uh orbs or things in my room moving at night you know uh, but really just that sense of being lulled to sleep so to speak but nothing that I really would say was extraordinary or that I really understood to be um, mediumship or a real connection with the other side Okay, Um, that really happened um, I would say more as a young adult for me um do yeah. you feel the sensitivity though you had as a child plays oh. into a natural mediumistic ability? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, I mean, think so. Yeah, I was definitely always very sensitive for sure. Um, and yeah, so yeah. And I, I think, you know, a lot of us were born, um, you're born a medium, you're born with these gifts, but it's really up to kind of the spirit world and that divine timing and the expression of the soul when those gifts kind of come more to the surface, you know, I definitely had an interest in 
I don't want to say ghosts, but spiritual, spirituality, spiritual things. As a young person, found myself drawn to that, reading books. And I would have dreams and premonitions and little things like that. But again, didn't really think anything of it or have any kind of awareness in that way, you know? Can I ask, were you ever scared of the dark or scared of nighttime? Um, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know if I should say this publicly. <laughs> you know, like... because it's like, uh, yeah, I was pretty much the same, Laurie. We could have been best friends. We were we were probably too shy and sensitive to ever have made friends. I know, exactly. <laughs> I, and I was so scared of the dark. So I wonder, you were probably picking up a lot of the energies around you at night yeah I think so I think so and I actually still occasionally like I keep the door open with the bathroom light on I don't do pitch black nope so well coming from a well-developed and established medium that's good to know so a little bit of fear is okay right a part of it is just us it's not the spirit world right I wouldn't say that it's fear anymore it's just my preference yes yeah oh funny I know I don't blame you. I don't, you know, I don't have it anymore. And I'm just so thankful that my children aren't scared of the dark or because I was petrified. Yeah. And I just, I wouldn't want them to go through that. I know, so, right? Yeah. But I, I keep a little light on on my stove in my kitchen. So I'm sure that's why I'm, I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you have any siblings? No, I'm an only child. You're an only child. Oh. Yes. Yep. And did you have any cousins? Yeah, I was actually, yeah, I was really close to my cousins um, and spent a ton of time with them. Um, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I should say their names or not. But yeah, no, I had two close cousins that we spent a ton of time today, all the holidays and a lot of birthdays and um, just That's had really a lot good. of fun. So very much considered them a part of my family, you know. Yeah. Sounds like a lovely, lovely upbringing there in Oregon. And so how did you get from Oregon to Boston? And is that a big jump or I know. Well, we went, um, I ended up moving to Arizona for high school. So my family moved. Um, I went to high school in Glendale. And then I did do a year at Northern Arizona University, which is up in Flagstaff. And I will say this was a real pivotal time in my life because I actually found myself feeling very isolated um, up there and I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I was definitely struggling a little bit. Um, And that was really kind of the precipitator for me moving to um, Boston. So um, I had been struggling my first year um, at that school and kind of had just a wake up call, you know, if I was going to continue with school, I needed to make a change, um, you know, and I had been in a relationship that probably wasn't the best, you know, and my mom's family is actually from Fall River, uh, Massachusetts. So I was looking at um, Massachusetts and I ended up moving out and going to Suffolk, Suffolk University. I was so nervous too, because I really hadn't been in a big city so I can remember like all the it was right off of the Boston Common downtown and I'm like oh there's a taxi cab <laughs> you know, like, being nervous about crossing the street like that so, you know you're gonna get honked at I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh you would so, never know now with your Boston accent that you had those experiences when you first came you so sound funny. like such a city girl what were you uh, studying in college 
I actually studied journalism, print journalism, writing, and um, political science, um, so oh, government. Wow. Yeah. So very different to the work you're doing today. Yeah, very different. Although um, I'm just laughing because, you know, I did, after I graduated college, I worked for several years in the nonprofit sector doing marketing communications um, and it really just trying to help others being dedicated, you know, to different nonprofits that were in alignment with my kind of values and beliefs as well so oh wow that's good and so then was that kind of the end of the struggles did you enjoy school did you make friends did you feel good here Suffolk ended up being one of the best experiences um I ended up I think applying geez in August got accepted immediately I don't know if it was July or August but it started in September but um you know, I ended up being in an all-girls suite, which I loved, and it was like the European connection because I was surrounded by all these um, young women from around the world. You know, oh, we wow. had someone from Hungary, uh, Russia, uh, Bosnia. Some of those um, people that I met really had are still friends to this day, and I'm just really grateful to have had that experience and that opportunity. That's really good. That's wonderful. And yeah. I have a my son, he'll be in college in two years, and I'm already worrying about it. So this is yeah. good. You know, at least I know that if it doesn't work one place, it'll work in another. So that's a little bit reassuring for me. Yeah, we can always make changes or try something different. That's right. So that's true. And then you're studying political science, you're in a really good school. How did you come into mediumship from the very beginning then uh interesting so I definitely during college had a lot of dreams and premonitions you know those dreams where um you'd see things and then the same sequence of events would happen and I really took those as signs that I was where I was supposed to be you know really just that validation of okay you're at the right place at the right time a little bit of synchronistic um you know just to trust just to trust that journey and um, it was really, so I actually had my master's degree. Um, so I went, it was when I was getting my master's, I finished my master's from Emerson. So I stayed in the little block there, that little circle, but mm -hmm. um, I got a master's in integrated marketing and communications. And um, when I completed my master's, um, I had actually gone with my mother. We were spending the day in Salem and uh, Salem, Massachusetts. And um, she had gone and she was getting a reading and I was sitting outside on a bench. And it was really a, kind of a pivotal moment because I actually felt like I heard the voice of spirit, whether it was the spirit world or a voice of my soul talking to me, but it really was, okay, it's time, Lori. Um, you know, you have what you need for security, so to speak, you know, to be able to be independent yeah. and self-sufficient. Um, but now you're really meant to be a spiritual counselor. You're really meant to help others. And that's what I heard that day. And um, so interesting how the universe works um, because I got that message and then really was directed. Um, I don't even know how, you know, through people connections, but directed, oh, you got to go to the First Spiritualist Church of Quincy. You have to go check out. You have to go meet Rita Berkowitz. Um, you have to study with Rita. And so that was back in 2005, 2006, really 2006. Um, and one thing led to another. I remember going to the church 
And it was probably either late September or the beginning of October because the church circle that they do, you know, that is um, open had just closed. So I ended up um, signing up for classes at, with Rita at her office. And then the journey began, you know, that was really how it kind of took off. I mean, I certainly have probably played with maybe tarot cards or other things like that on my own. But, um, you know, meeting Rita, being guided to the First Spiritual Church of Quincy, you know, that was definitely, um, you know, where it kind of began for me. Um, and then one thing just led to another, you know, never expected that, you know, didn't even know really, I don't think I really knew even what a medium was, you know, um, it was just really a, a desire to be of service and to help others. Um, and Which you had kind of older in your life, right? That yeah, was... that, that's it. That's it. And it's like, yeah, I remember being college was so hard trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do. Um, you know, and I come from a background, a lot of people work in healthcare, and I was like, I don't want to be a nurse, you know? <laughs> Nurses are fabulous. It was like, but, you know, see myself, you know? Yeah, it takes and, uh, a certain kind of person to be a nurse as well. I know, you know, I know. It's a lot of, yeah, dedication and caring for others in a different way. Yeah, but yeah. So that was a crazy spiritual experience to have just spontaneously in Salem. Yeah, it was wow. pretty wild. Um, and then it just was really hearing that calling and I followed the calling. And you did. Um, then you just take one step um, and right. kind of just follow the breadcrumbs and see where it takes you, you know? Yeah, I think there's always an intelligence at work and spirit know where we need to go. But it's really our choice, right? If we want the soul to express itself, it, we have yeah. to be the ones who say yes. Absolutely. I mean, I think the soul is probably always talking to us that that guidance, that wisdom. I mean, that's part of our gift as being every single one of us being a human part of that experience. We're, you know, what is it? The spiritual, we're a soul having a um, human experience or spiritual being having a human experience, but we're always connected to God. We're always connected to source. And I truly believe that um, whether it's the soul whether it's God, our loved ones, our guides, that we're constantly being sent messages, signs, validations of encouragement along the path. And um, not to get too um, reverendy, but, you know, there really is nowhere that we'll ever be that God is not, you know? Absolutely. I get a lot of, even still, I get a lot of angel numbers. And just yesterday, I was taking the kids out for a walk, and there was just a big pile of concrete blocks, and it had 20, 20, 20, like 10 times. And I said, oh, kids, I got to check this angel number. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And they know, like, they're like, okay, what does it say, mom? Like, they're so used to my weirdness, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, angel but I get numbers, that. Yep, yeah, license plates. I get a lot of messages on license plates. Um, and it's so funny, you know, like when you're stressing, right? it's not the exact license. You get, don't worry, or... Out, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I got the message. <laughs> yeah, we hear you. We hear you. Chill. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So um, whenever you started your classes, how did they go? Were you kind of, did you immediately take to it? Or did it take a little while for you to figure out your process? Of, it um, definitely took, I would say it definitely took me a little while. Um, did it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great question because I know so many people when they're on their spiritual journey or they're taking classes and really wanting to explore, I think 
a couple of things is, you know, don't ever let anybody limit you. You know, you have to follow yes. that passion, follow what's in your heart. But I will tell you, I mean, I don't think that I uh, was a superstar or you did anything really outstanding in those beginning classes. <laughs> so, um, and in fact, I mean, I found it quite challenging because, you know, we come from this world where we're being trained and taught to work within one mind, you know, with that thinking mind. Yeah. And so to really surrender and trust and allow yourself to receive information in a different way. Um, I would say it was definitely something I had to learn or better understand how I was receiving, um, as you suggested. Um, like, you know, um, that was an important piece um, for me. And really the big thing was trust and surrendering. You know, I think, you know, in school, I love studying, I love learning because it's something that you apply yourself to and just that seeking of knowledge and more information. But in school, you know, A plus B equals C, but in mediumship, there is none of this. You just have to completely surrender and be open to whatever comes through. And so that was a big thing for me. And then um, I definitely struggled with being a closet perfectionist, you know, so, <laughs> you know, being okay with no's, being okay with getting, um, getting things wrong. And realizing to again to trust and that it didn't have anything to do with me. Um, once I began to let go of that fear and I trusted and was able to take those leaps um, more with um, really giving what I got instead of second guessing myself all the time, that's when I started to really see a shift or started to have more of a breakthrough um, with what I was getting. And that connection to the spirit world from that mediumship perspective really um, strengthened, I would say, you know, the connection is there, but um, getting out of the way um, was something I had to work on. Yes, I completely understand that. And just for people who are listening, who are going through development, and I know we're all different, we're all on our own timelines. But how many years in would you have been in your development before you actually realized, I just got to be the channel and give what I get? You know, so maybe it was probably around two years into my development. Um, I think I had, I was doing um, a session. So initially I started probably working more psychically, doing tarot readings, working um, at a holistic center. And so it was definitely more psychic work that I was doing, but I had been take, continuing to take mediumship classes. And then I initially started with donating sessions to, um, parents and families that had lost children. Um, and I remember one of the most powerful lessons and the most powerful sessions to this day that I will never forget was sitting um, with a mother who had lost her son. And that was, it was so profound to me because he just, it's, so some sessions, not every session, but some sessions are just absolutely magical in the sense that the spirit world truly manifests and you could really physically feel his presence and you hit what's maybe known as like the sweet spot, but all of the information, it just flowed. And I really, that was such a powerful lesson because what I took away from it is when the need is great and the love is there, the love is strong, the spirit world, if you can just be that channel and allow them to work through you, there really is nothing that they can't do 
to communicate and to um, not only give evidence that their soul lives on, that they're still with their loved ones, but to let that love be felt, to be tangible, that presence. And that was probably the first time I had truly experienced what mediumship is all about and why we do it. And it was such a humbling um, experience just to be a part of it in any way, but to see the power that mediumship could have as far as giving some sense of healing um, and, and just help, help being helpful you know, um, and just to feel that love. It was just beautiful. But yeah, I can still see his face in my mind's eyes. It's a beautiful, beautiful soul, beautiful brown eyes, eyelashes, nice big smile. That's lovely. You have to be really putting yourself in a vulnerable place, don't you, whenever you want to read for parents who have lost children? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I think, you know, that you say that it's so important too, because it's um, a great honor, but also that responsibility, Huge. you know, um, to make sure that we really are working with that integrity and giving that um, evidential validation of their presence, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so was it through um, Quincy that you started taking the platform? And yes. serving other churches? Quin yes, Quincy was my first um, church that I ever served. And again, you know, um, you know, you acknowledge that you're a little shy, but I'm like laughing because I never would have seen myself on a platform, never would have seen myself <laughs> doing um, demonstrations or public group work um, or even serving other churches, really. Um, yes. And so Quincy was my first service. And that must have been around 2008, too, I would think. Um, and I remember being really nervous. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes just getting up and doing it, you know, taking the, walking through those doors that the spirit world opens for you, that's succeeding. You know, it's not necessarily about being the perfect medium, but it's doing your best to be of service. And that's perfection in that moment based on where you are in the journey. So, um, yeah. And it's also realizing that it's, it's threefold, right? It's us. It's the sitter and it's the spirit world. That's right. That's right. Beautiful. And sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we just say, oh, I didn't do good enough. And we just have to get over that. You know, it's not about us. It isn't. I know. I think that's a beautiful statement, too, because I, I you know, I know that, you know, personally, you know, sometimes I am, I, you know, I think self-reflection and acknowledging what you did well is important and what you need to work on is important we want to have that continual progression with our work and with our connection but it doesn't serve spirit or you um when we are too critical of ourselves or even other people um you know I, you know i see a lot of that too which is unfortunate because um it's not right it's not our place to judge um other people yeah. and where they are or their work so to speak you know uh, but i will definitely say i mean even when we are feeling that connection with the mediumship and there's all these other parts of our lives, you know, um, where, you know, I have two boys and they're rambunctious and just yesterday I'm yelling at them, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to get at, you know, it's like, you know, one aspect could look kind of nice. And then if you saw me yelling at my kids, you'd be like, oh my gosh, she's a minister. I was just, but, but, you know, that's, it's like, that's humanness. That's the human human-ness. perspective, but, isn't it? Yeah, that is. And so you mentioned you have, boy, you have two boys, right? 
I do, yeah. Oh, they're lovely. Like, I've seen their little faces on Facebook. They're very cute. I think they look quite like you, actually. Oh, thank you. I'll make sure I let my husband know. <laughs> no, do you think <laughs> He'll be asking for a third, Laurie, if you say that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking, oh, I never got my girl. But yeah, no, oh. you, like you, met, you know. So how, just talking about your boys there, how is it being a psychic medium to to boys, being a psychic medium mom? Uh, well, it's good, I, uh, you know. Um, so I have, a, my oldest is 15. He just turned 15. And my youngest is going to be 12 in May. Um but I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it is what it is, you know, because it is God it made is. us. Yeah. But um, it's good. I definitely see some, um, the baby, the younger one seems a little bit more open and receptive it's in it. that way. But, you know, they probably think, oh, what is she doing? What is she doing now? You know, but I don't get into it too much with them. I just try to teach them an open-mindedness and perhaps an appreciation for, um hopefully the world around them yeah that's good meet them at their level and then do you think there's any stigma around being a psychic medium with other moms or with people in general um well personally um my opinion may not be that of what others think but yes I mean I do actually so I don't tell I know this sounds crazy but I really don't tell anyone um you know at school or in the community you know what I do because um I'm probably a little maybe overprotective, but I wouldn't want to do anything where um, either their peers or um, parents or other people might treat them differently because they might have their own um, maybe, I don't want to say prejudices, but maybe misunderstanding about what a psychic medium is or, you know, with this concept. So I don't really um, talk about that. And then, I mean, I do share it, obviously, I, you know, I figure if you if I meet you in my in a class or a workshop or in a different kind of setting you know obviously you have an open-minded to it open-mindedness to it so I wouldn't have any issue with that obviously but yeah with the school stuff I try to keep my work a little bit separate um yeah yeah I think you know that happens more than we realize there is certainly like a spiritual closet that I thought was just because I'm on the path but seeing hearing you say it yeah you know apparently well-developed people still feel the same <laughs> but I'm sure one day it will change you know it'll become yeah. more the norm you know yeah. as science I, catches up to it I hope no one thinks just because you know obviously that's my journey you know everyone should do what they're comfortable with absolutely um, so just because I choose that doesn't mean that someone else needs to yeah yeah and some people don't care yeah they just exactly. that's who they are and they put it out there exactly you know do Absolutely. what feels right to you very good and so um when did you start teaching did you start teaching at the church I started teaching gosh I think really it was women of wisdom in Easton and there was another wellness center the healing moon and I probably started teaching in around 2010, I would say. Um, and it was really more um, psychic, psychic development with the teaching, so tarot classes. Um, and then I was also doing a lot of work with angels at the time, so um, angel classes as well. But I don't think I started really teaching mediumship until more 2012. 
Um, and that was also in that setting as well. And I ended up um, getting my own office space in 2012. So that's when I started, um, again, doing more of the teaching in addition to seeing clients in a private, um, private practice setting versus that's working great. for a wellness center. Yeah. And so I was on one of your um, student, I think it was a student dem a few yeah. weeks ago. Yep, yep. And I, I was just loving it. And I noticed within your teaching, there's definitely a British influence there. Is that um, right? There, there is definitely a British influence. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's pushing for the evidence. And I could see because I've studied yeah. with like a few different British and I because there is a difference, right? There's a difference between American and British mediumship style. Um, yes and no, because, well, yes, I mean, this is me being uh, very politically correct, Laura. <laughs> yes, sorry for going here. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're good, you're good. No, I mean, I definitely have studied a lot um, with several British um, tutors and teachers, um, and so I am probably more of that um, tradition a little bit, but I will say, you know, certainly... There is crossover that happens with, you know, there's a lot of fabulous American mediums and who are also, I don't want to say adopting um, more of that style, but maybe that we're, we're doing it both here in the United States and there as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know, there's different schools, you know, with styles a little bit. And I think that's the other thing too, is, you know, if you are a student, you know, getting to see your teacher work or trying to see different mediums work is just a wonderful way to learn and to appreciate different approaches. And to, um, I mean, you know, wonderful thing. I mean, you don't have to be a spiritualist, but going to different churches and seeing different mediums work, you're going to see, wow, I like that or nope, don't like that, you know, but um, just a great way to kind of grow in your understanding and seeing different people work is a, just a wonderful way to do it, you know? Absolutely. And I, you know, personally, I think we need both. We yes. need the hard evidence and we also need the heartfelt messages because that makes it a well-rounded spirit Absolutely. reading or reading. I think that's really a good point too, because I think the evidence is important, um, but if we don't give the love, if they don't feel the love, if they don't feel the presence, so it really is kind of perhaps blending the the two a little bit, um, that that's important as well. Yeah, good point. Absolutely. And I don't know if you'll want me to talk about this, Laurie, because I know you're very humble and I had a hard time finding information on it myself. Yeah. So you recently were ordained as a reverend. That's right. Yes. No. Congratulations. I had, oh, thank you. Thank you. I had the pleasure and honor to study under um, the late Janet Nohavik through the journey within um, and was part of one of her ministerial programs there. Um, it was a two-year program, but just a wonderful, my gosh, I mean, she has since um, passed to the spirit world. Sadly. Yes, yeah. sadly. Um, but my God, she touched so many people with her work. Um, with her passion, her positivity, and her desire to raise that bar, raise that standard um, of mediumship, um, you know, but to have the opportunity to study under her and to learn from her, her I'm just incredibly grateful. Yeah, that's wonderful. And her legacy lives on, right? Her church is still going. Yes, the journey within is continuing. It's now being um, run by the new pastor, Joseph Scheel. 
so um, some of he's a spirit artist, fabulous medium, um, and they had worked together for many years. So, you know, I know that um, uh, she cared very much about Joe. So I'm sure she's uh, it gave him an opportunity to step into those shoes too. And um, it's exciting and I'm looking forward to see where the church goes under his leadership. Yeah. That's very exciting. And so are you doing some classes teaching there? I am. I am. Um, right now I'm teaching an intermediate mediumship class. Um, so we're just moving to a slightly different format. So we're doing a six week series um, of classes that um, will run year round. And um, I know uh, it'll be interesting because I think, you know, there'll be more classes coming, but the Journey Within offers so many online programs for beginners, mediumship, advanced, advanced, intermediate, psychic, you know, and also wonderful teachers from around the world um, as well. So just a great, um, a great opportunity to study. Like that was kind of the interesting thing with COVID, you know, with Zoom bringing the world together. I mean, yes. even myself, I got to take classes with these you know, teachers across the pond that, you know, with kids, it's not as easy to do that and to have the opportunity to have the access to those, some of those lessons and um, lectures and everything. That was really a wonderful, wonderful um, positive that came out of that experience. Yeah, I agree. I actually um, did a lot of Zoom mentorships with nice. British teachers that I would never have had, you know, I have two young kids. There's no way I'm flying over to. Exactly. I know. This is what I'm saying. It's been such a great thing, it's been you know, and sharing of knowledge and making it more accessible and studying with people that really have wonderful reputations. And again, yes. um, a really nice understanding of mediumship and good teachers. That's wonderful. Yeah, I agree. So I have two questions now. Do you have any advice? For students? Uh, for students, yes. Um, let's see. Uh, so my first thing would probably be what you were saying is not to be too hard on yourself, um, is really to trust the journey and to trust that everything is unfolding in just the right timing, you know, um, and we're constantly learning, you know, we're really constantly growing. I really believe that everything is in a divine timing with the flow. Um, I can remember doing, um, you know, demonstrations probably in 2012. I mean, I've been doing serving churches and doing dems for a long time. And um, it's magic when everything starts to actually come together. Um, and it's not something that you control though. It's something that, you know, it just, it, when it starts to happen, it's like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it unfolds. You know? Yeah. And um, so just kind of trust the journey. And the other thing too, is I think sometimes people don't have an appreciation because really the spirit world is our teacher. There are teachers as well, you know? And so that's that piece. They don't have, I think people come into it thinking, oh, I'm going to study for a year and, you know, they have been, I don't want to sound negative, but you know, I think sometimes people are coming, I'm going to study for a year and then I'm going to be a world famous medium and I'm going to do it. And it has nothing to do with that. And it's not on our timeline. That's the other piece, you know? And then I yeah. think back to, because, you know, it has been almost, um, it hasn't been quite 20 years, but it's getting there. It's close. 
And I don't think I would have appreciated some of the opportunities that I've had to, you know, serve and work with different people, you know, had it come too soon. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you appreciate it more. And I think there is, um, you know, I think hopefully I always had a sincerity, but you have more of a sincerity, um, I think, at least in my experience and, and really hoping that it does make a difference, you know, that it does help someone. Yeah. And um, I hope, you know, that when, so I guess the two things are patience, uh, maybe it's not two things, patience, trust, <laughs> um, and, you know, walk through the doors that the spirit world opens for you. Don't be afraid to take those leaps to go a little bit outside of your comfort zone and to have fun, to have fun. Because if it's not fun and you're not enjoying it, then you want to kind of step back and reassess, you know, because it should be a joy to serve. It should be an honor. And to feel that love when it's flowing through you or you're sharing in that experience. I mean, God, it's just magical, you know. There's nothing um, quite like it. No, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing, you know. But to feel that love, that joy every time you work, you know, I think that's something um, to think about. I yeah, agree. I agree. And then any advice for somebody who is bereaved and hurting and missing their loved ones? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So um, I have to say, you know, we're in Massachusetts, so you might have a global podcast community, Laura, that you're uh, working with. But if you are in Massachusetts, um, well, first of all, I would say definitely consider, you know, a counselor, therapy, bereavement groups, um, finding support, finding support, especially if you're really struggling um, through that journey. And um, a wonderful organization, if you are in Massachusetts, is Hope Floats on the South Shore in Kingston, Massachusetts. They just do tremendous, I mean, it's such a labor of love. The owner, um, it's a husband and wife that um, they actually um, lost their son and they have dedicated their work um, to creating just a beautiful, supportive community of therapists, workshops, holistic approaches to helping people navigate um, grief and all different age groups and different types of loss. Um, so if you have the opportunity, I'm giving them a major plug because I super respect the work that they do. And I know that they do everything's for the right reasons. So definitely check that out. But um, I would say, you know, for those who are struggling or you have lost someone that you really care about or you love, you know, um, I would like you to hold on or keep maybe hope and faith. That, um, that that soul really is eternal, that you will get to see them again someday. And I'm just going to be honest, you know, as a medium, um, you know, we all experience loss in the same way. You know, my grandmother passed in 2020 and it was during COVID and she was in a nursing home and I wasn't able to actually get to say goodbye to her. Yeah, that's really so painful. It, it was really hard not to get to say goodbye. And um, when she immediately passed, I couldn't feel her. I couldn't sense her, you know, and I'm like, I'm a medium. Where are you? You know, so, so I'm getting at that. It doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference is what I'm trying to get at that. We all, you go kind of in searching for that validation that their loved one is still there. And, you know, I remember it was probably a couple of months before I felt her presence and I ended up having a, a dream visitation where she came and she let me know that she was still hanging out, you know, 
And that was just a wonderful, profound experience. She actually used these sunglasses with the rose-colored lenses, which was one of her sayings, you know, always um, look at the world with rose-colored lenses. And when I put them on, she basically said, I'm right here. You may not always see me, but I'm always here. And um, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, So just to know, and if you haven't had a dream, you know, there's so many different ways that our loved ones can let us know that they're there, but to, to be open to the concept that our loved ones can show themselves in different ways, um, that they can use signs, um, pennies, coins, um, feathers, hearts, birds, um, so many different ways that they can try to say hello to us, that they can try to let us know that they're still there. Sometimes it's even seeing people that look just like them in the supermarket or, you know, you're hearing their name or a piece of music comes on or maybe the lights come on and off, you know, all different ways that you can begin to um, know that they're there. But I would just ask you to um, hold on to that knowing or that hope that, um, again, you will connect with them again someday. It's just, it's hard, isn't it? It's really hard. Um, so to be patient and gentle with yourself and to not be afraid to ask for help. Um, or to get guidance um, if you feel the calling to do that. Well, thank you so much, Laurie. That that's beautiful advice for people. Um, it's good just to to know that they are there. And coming from a medium who brings through evidence, that's helpful for people to hear. And would you like to share with us where people can find you, where they can book in for readings, where they can get some of your teachings, and maybe do you have a website? Absolutely. Laura, I thought you'd never ask. No, I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> Love yourself, Lori. <laughs> no, I know. Um, so it's lauriesheridanmedium.com. It's the okay. website. Um, and then again, the journeywithin.org uh, is just wonderful um, church that does a lot of work um, and uh, just a great resource. So that would be another place I would send folks. And then. Okay. Yeah, thank you. That's great. And I will I will link all those in the show notes so people will have an easy time finding them. And Laurie, I just want to thank you so much. You just you've been so wonderful and you just you have such good energy. You're really easy to interview. Oh, thank you, Laura. Well, you're a natural. And I really am um I'm really pleased and honored that you asked me to come on your show. Um you are, are a wonderful interviewer. And it really was just a joy to sit with you today. So thank you so much for having me. And I really wish you the best of luck with this and also with um, sharing your gifts uh, with others as well. So thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you so much, Laurie. Thanks. All right, hon.